0: And just like that, the red light, the red light's rolling. Uh, Welcome to the Fleet Geeks podcast and welcome to Ed Barry. Um, Ed, it's an absolute pleasure to have you uh, on the podcast this week. And um, it's a very timely one for us. And, uh, you know, I've been getting asked loads of questions from people around direct vision standard and what's happening for 2024. And certainly what the landscape looks like for additional safety equipment fitted to vehicles now. Um, it makes sense. SMUK are, I believe, one of the leaders in the in the industry, if not the the leader. Uh, I'm sure Ed will fill us in in a moment. Uh, but it made sense to have Ed on the uh, on the show to share that with us. Um, Ed and I first met probably a couple of years ago when I first joined the uh, Logistics and Safety Forum or the Transport and Safety Forum for SILP, the Chartered Institute of Logistics and Transport, and. Um, yeah, we're busy organising the ten-year anniversary um, conference for that as well, which uh, we'll we'll give a bit more information about later. Don't let me forget, Ed. <laughs> um, but hey, just for the benefit of the guests, um, I know this is uh, as you as you said just before we went live. This is your first time, mate. So um, tell uh, tell the audience a bit about yourself, Ed. How did you get into the industry? How did you get into
1: well, like everybody, I've, I sort of fell into um, transport logistics. Um, been in and around it for the last thirty years. Uh, I've been a driver, a driver trainer. Um, worked for one of the main manufacturers on telematics and driver behaviour. Um, the last few years, I've been at SMUK, uh, helping out companies sort out vehicle safe systems to meet contractual obligations. You know, for sort the of quarries, DVS, fours, etc.
0: Ah, oh, fantastic. Are you happy to share, are you allowed to share which manufacturer you're with?
1: I was with Scania.
0: Oh, were you? Yeah. Oh, mate. you know I'm ex-Volvo, don't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we need to have a Volvo Scania offer is what we need to do now. <laughs> they're, uh, they're telematics. Oh, I'll tell you what though, their their taco system is absolute garbage. I, I, Scania, I'm not locking the company. Sc- Scania are fine, trucks great, but their taco system's garbage. It's, um yeah as you well you're probably not allowed to say anything that's <laughs> fine i'm not gonna i'm not gonna ask the question then. i'm fine. not being drawn in no, you're not gonna get drawn in no it's fine it's fine don't worry about it i'm allowed to be opinionated but uh it's my podcast but yeah i wouldn't expect anyone else to be um but okay cool so you're at scania for a little while doing driver driver training and also um telematics as well but more recently with smuk how long have you been with smuk since prior to the first direct vision standard
1: uh, yeah, so I've been four years now, so um, just as a, the first DVS was coming into, into play, really got you. Um,
0: and what, what's your role, Ed?
1: Uh, business development manager, so uh, more more consultant rather than sales, if you like. Well, that's how I like to see it, yeah. I, you know,
0: <laughs> so what sort of customers do you work with, Ed? What sort of customers, uh, are you? So,
1: sort of everything to? from um single owner operators up to you know national fleets so and, and everything in between uh, including specialized vehicles um do a lot with um on the construction side as well suction excavators that type of thing
0: excellent okay cool so my first dealings with smuk was actually before we met i uh when i used to work for volvo i'd spec the new vehicles and for a while i covered the Barden area so bard and colville area had uh, has a, a high area. It's a high volume area for uh, eight wheel tippers. Yeah. and a lot of them do aggregate industries, tarmac and they're all on contracts where they have that they have to have very similar camera systems to what DVS originally required actually. They were near side audible warnings, near side um, camera, um, reversing camera, various bits and pieces um forward-facing camera that kind of stuff for like fours and for working with those um those aggregate companies so um you'd you'd been doing this companies like smuk have been doing this for a long time haven't they prior to uh the direct vision standard coming in when was it was it 2021 i think the original one 2022. yeah okay cool so uh tell us a bit about Tell us a bit about what's changing and and when it's changing, if that's okay, Ed.
1: Yeah, so the new rules come into place October next year. So October 28th um, is when they actually come into play. Um, The two main changes really are to the type of equipment you're putting. So at the moment, you've got um, sensors down the near side, which currently are sort of passive in nature and basically when you go past street furniture or a parked car or a person, they will activate if they're within range. The new system sort of um, can differentiate between parked car, street furniture and a person. So it reduces the amount of times it goes off. So at the moment, because it's always going off, some drivers may get a bit complacent about, oh, you know, it's another beep, it's another beep. There's going to have to be a bit of a change in sort of their their attitude towards it, because when it goes off now on the new system, it's going off because it's actually predicting there's going to be an impact. So the The technology has changed so much in the last few years, um, and it'll change again by the time we come round to it again in 2029. Um, So, that that near side scan now will have two alerts. So, one when it detects a cyclist or a pedestrian coming within the zone, and it'll escalate that then uh, to an audible alert if it actually predicts there's going to be an impact. Okay. so that's the side scan so that's going to actually all your current side sensors you've got on those existing vehicles mm-hmm. are going to have to be sort of replaced they'll become redundant and they're going to have to put this new side radar on okay that's for the yeah. retro that's for the retrofit for your okay. existing fleet yeah, yeah. Okay. new vehicles yeah. coming through next year we'll okay. have some of this equipment on from factory
0: got you okay so
1: um What's, how does it? Can I just ask a question? How does
0: it differentiate between, like, so, so at the moment the passive, the passive size scans are essentially like parking sensors, aren't they? Same sort of. I'm guessing they're the same sort of technology. right? Yeah, basically they're going
1: to. They're going to pick anything up within range. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. So, and what's the what's the difference with the new with the new kit? How does that differentiate? How does that work, Ed?
1: It's 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 um, very clever tech, cleverer than me. Um, so, but basically, the software is based on artificial intelligence okay. algorithms. Um, that's as much as I know with regards to the, the technical detail. It's you know above me, but um, it's very. It, <clears throat> it's it's done in such a way that it rather rather than it just picking up everything, it's able to detect what we're actually looking for, which is vulnerable road users coming down the near side of the vehicle. Yeah. Um, yeah. And to be able to do that without the false alerts is going to be it, it, it's much better system than previous and what we've got currently. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Good. Good. that's Good the first. Advice, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the first change. The second change is the addition of a moving-off system. Okay. Now, this is designed when vehicles are at a pedestrian crossing or a junction, and, again, it's working off these artificial in, artificial intelligence algorithms um, and can differentiate between car in front and, and something else or a pedestrian coming in front of the vehicle. Okay. Um, again, it'll give two alerts, one when it detects person within sort of half a meter of the front of the vehicle um, and then again it'll escalate to a audible alert if they're passing in front of it but it'll only work sort of when the vehicle's at rest or or just starting to move off um, and it's it's just for that blind spot if, if someone's crossing at a pedestrian crossing they're, they're close to the vehicle in hgv because their driver's so high up that bit right at the front there is is where really it's it's detecting um they're still gonna have to <clears throat> jump on the brakes pretty sharpish if there is somebody there because of how close they're going to be but I I assume that and I would imagine that by the time we come round to this in 2029 that those systems for factory will be integrated with the braking system anyway
0: Got you, got you. Okay, cool. And that's the second time you mentioned 2029. Is that like a third phase at 2029?
1: then? That well, that's, that's sort of the, the five-year bit. That's the next cycle. They'll start looking at um, what new technology is coming on, and um, coming into the market. They'll start looking at that around 2026, 2027 um, to see where it perhaps needs to go. But I think more and more of this is going to come from factory. So... Um, there are new mandates from the eu so all vehicles over three and a half ton from july next year will have to have a moving off system and the side radar fitted at factory right so they're yeah. already going to come with with some of this kit and i <clears throat> i would imagine that as that tech progresses more and more of it will come from factory yeah that's okay. to be integrated with other systems especially you know braking Okay,
0: cool. And obviously with direct vision standard, this is this is for London-based hauliers only. And so there'll be there'll be some people who decide that they're not going to go into London anymore, for example. But I think the question I had was I know that the Tipper community have been fitting this equipment for a long time as part of the different contractual requirements. Are we are you seeing any of the contracts changing? to include this new standard at all? Or is that, <clears throat> is that coming, do you think, down the line?
1: I think what is going to happen initially, it's uh, obviously for any vehicles going into London, they're going to have to meet the direct vision standard or add the progressive safe system bits on. And um, I think for anywhere else in the country, they'll they'll probably remain as the current side scan sensors until new vehicles start to replace that automatically. Okay. Um so i I think it'll only be for from contractual especially for you know the tipper lads and stuff like that if they're going into london then they're going to have to upgrade these systems to continue to be able to go in
0: yeah got you. okay and then um and then my other question was around so i've I've lost track a little bit of the, the 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 star standards so originally originally a vehicle would be a zero safety star rating um what's your understanding of this new one is it not coming up to let's th- level three i think three, or something? yeah what? it's
1: three stars so the star rating is is based on what the driver can see from his driving mm. position out from <coughs> through the near side window okay. so the further away somebody has to stand before the driver can see them the lower the star rating and the okay. closer the star rating goes up okay so at the moment, and um, the current requirement is a minimum one-star rating, okay. and it's going up to a minimum three-star okay. from October next year. Okay. Now, most people think that if you put all this kit on, because if you're you know zero-star rated and you put this kit on, it ups your star rating. It doesn't. Your star rating is given from factory, and it doesn't change no matter what you add to it. Okay. So. What you've really got is the direct vision standard and then you've got the safe systems, which is what we've currently got, the side scan and the near side camera. Um, and when we go up to three stars, you've got the direct vision standard three star minimum or the progressive safe system, which is the addition of these new slide radar moving off system. Okay? It doesn't change your star rating, but it brings you up to the requirement to be allowed to drive into London. Got
0: you. Good and um, and obviously uh, different. The manufacturers are starting to manufacture vehicles with higher levels of star rating, aren't they? Where the mm. cabs are low, where you see the low level cabs, and they've got better visibility at the near side and those kinds of things. For example, um, those are uh, those are starting to come through, and they're not zero star rated from factory, are they? they they've got a higher star rating, for
1: example. <coughs> well, some some are. Um, I mean, depending on the model, there are still Tractor units coming out from factory that will be zero star rating because it's based on the height. Yeah. Um, You know, if you look at uh, the low cab, low cab entry ones, they'll be three, four, five star rated. Um, I know there's a couple of always tractor units coming out. I think they're going to be three star rated. Um, But there's still going to be quite a number um, that aren't there because it's all based on the height of the vehicle, where the driver can see. So, Hello, it's Shani from Flagship Partners. We are really proud to sponsor the Fleet Geeks podcast. If you need expert advice or training for your fleet business, make Flagship Partners your first choice. We are really excited to announce the launch of our Transport Manager Academy. With expert development for fleet leaders, we offer fully accredited initial Transport Manager CPC training, CPC refresher, and Operator Licence Awareness training, as well as mentoring, support, and professional development beyond the qualification. Our vision is to develop elite fleet professionals. But if these new vehicles are coming out um, and they will have the new side radar and the new moving off system, they still may only be a one or two star rated vehicle. Mm -hmm. So they're still going to have to put on their near side camera and left turn warning. They're still going to have to apply for their DVS permit. Even if there's three stars, they're still going to have to apply for their permit. Okay.
0: Yep, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, and then and then just sort of, uh, I guess the next question is around the commercials. Now, I know I know the commercials can probably be quite sensitive, Ed. So I'm not going to put you on the spot, but am I able to like? Are we able to discuss like a range depending on the type of vehicle or something like that for what an upgrade may look like? Is it you know? Are we looking at a two thousand potentially up to two thousand pound upgrade or a thousand pounds or and with new systems are we looking at you know what? What's the difference comparably? Maybe if we do percentages against what they were last time, so people can start to build a picture of maybe what the investment's going to look like.
1: <laughs> yeah, because the technology is so much newer um, and more sophisticated. Obviously, the costs go up with that. I and mean, you're probably looking at double what you originally paid. Right. Okay. For to to, to upgrade it, um, for, just to yep. get it up to the minimum. So, um, and then whether you're retrofitting that or whether you're getting it from factory with a new vehicle from next year you're Mm -hmm. still going to have those costs either way
0: yeah yeah i was gonna say my understanding was something along the lines of um whatever you whatever you spent originally to get to the original dvs standard because you already have a screen fitted and bits and pieces there'll be some savings involved Um, but you might be investing another 50 or more percent on top of what you'd spent originally and then and then it's almost 100% more from from scratch really for the additional system so it's you know yeah, so it's, it's quite a commercial it's quite a commercial challenge I think for some operators and I'm assuming and I just i, I just out of interest really you're seeing operators go right we're going to have we're going to have some vehicles rather than doing all the vehicles for, di- for direct vision we're just going to have some
1: yeah, I mean, depending on fleet size and, and costs and everything else. Yeah, I've, I've, been, I've already had conversations with numerous operators on that, so they'll look at doing um, partial fleet. Um, some have got new vehicles coming in next year, so they won't upgrade the older vehicles because they're going off fleet, obviously. Um, and where they're able, um, they'll only do the part of their fleet, they're going to, they need to go into London. Other operators only go in three, four times a year, um, and they won't bother at all. They they just won't take that work on or they'll sub it out, I imagine. Um, I mean, it's the whole thing and all of this, and know and and, um, everybody looks at it, London and it's a pain in the backside, Um, but it's all there geared to reduce incidents um and the technology there especially with the side scan it's always going off it becomes a, a pain for the drivers so these new systems will be a much more driver friendly if you like yes um and i think there are some conflicting um bits of information out on the on the linkedin and social other social media sites at the moment about you know what does what and whether it meets the standard there are some really important questions that operators need to ask um, their installers about the kit that they're going to be fitted because if it doesn't meet it um, chances are they may get the permit but at later date it may get revoked because it's found not to meet the requirements so all of the equipment that's fitted must be e-marked in other words type-approved, Reg 10, which is the electromagnetic compatibility, so it doesn't, or it should be shown that it doesn't interfere with other systems on the vehicle. Um, It must be able to differentiate between parked car, street furniture, and a person. It must have a two-stage alert, um, and it must be able to predict there's going to be an impact. Okay, this is all the very clever thing. So something like a human detection camera that will pick up a person, but only picks up a person, doesn't differentiate between the two, might not be suitable for direct vision um, for the new systems. Um, Operators will also need to ensure that um, their installers provide them with uh, a letter stating that what's fitted and how, <coughs> how it's been fitted meets the requirements. Um, that has to be sort of signed off by the installer um, and it becomes part of your, your permit application. The other thing they must ask is that the equipment has met the um, test procedures that Transport for London have, have sort of indicated. So it's very important that whoever installs this equipment for them is able to show that, that it meets it, because at a later date, it could mean that the permits are revoked, then they're going to have to have this kit removed and pay again.
0: Wow, that's... uh...
1: It's it's going to be, you know, if you're reading it, it's going to be a lot more... um, Controlled this time than you know when it first came out last time everybody left it till last minute. and mm-hmm. um, There were people sticking buttons on the side and taking photographs and calling them side scan and uh, fitting parking sensors and they're not quite the same thing. Yep. And I think this time round because of the technology that's required, you know, you're not going to be able to go to you know a another auto installer and fit a biscuit tin and call it a side radar. It's just not going to be able to happen. So
0: yeah. And um, I think I think I, I guess the point I want to make is that I think I think there'll be operators listening and, and transport managers listening who will see this is all very inconvenient. But at the same time, to remind them that actually, you know, we we need to be committed as an industry to safety and to people's well-being. And if we're going to advance the vehicle standards um, in the name of stopping one person from dying by, by a HGV then or getting seriously injured, then that's uh, that's worthwhile, isn't it, you know?
1: Absolutely, I mean, and, and that's what all of this is really about. I mean, the fact that this type of equipment now is gonna be coming from factory just sort of reinforces us say, look, this is the way it's going. Yeah. Um, and I know Transport for London um, sort of take the lead on the near sign and the blind spots. Um, but I can, I can see it becoming a national standard you know, in, over the next few years, mm. purely because once we've had all these new vehicles coming onto, uh, into operation, into the network, it, it's going to be standard anyway.
0: Mm. Yeah. And, uh, well, well and, and, and the benefit is we'll start to see the statistics of killed and seriously injured drop as well, which is, um, which is obviously uh, obviously really positive. Um, but, uh, in, interestingly, interestingly, if you, and, and just a shout out, I suppose, to the Met, Met Commercial Vehicle Unit, I'm sure you'll be aware of, it in their toolbox, they talk that actually a lot of, a lot of the deaths in London are actually deliberate, um, and, and tend to be people using vehicles as, as suicide, um, um, uh, equipment, which obviously this, this kit's not necessarily, potentially it might help, I suppose the moving off might may help, um, but it's, um. It's obviously a really a really tricky thing trying to trying to improve those road safety statistics, um, which um, which is um, obviously going to be a big challenge. So, is there is there anything with regards to these systems that I've not asked yet Ed, that that is useful for listeners to to be aware of? Is there something that I've not thought to ask you? Uh, no, I
1: don't I, I don't think so. The I, the one thing that I would Really stressed operators that if they have fleets and um, vehicles going into London, is get this planned in, mm-hmm. get it planned in this side of Christmas for installation between January and October next year. So there isn't that last minute rush. Um, there are you know a number of companies that we know already that aren't going to be developing any of this equipment. Um, because it's quite a short window, really. It's only the retrofit vehicle. So we, we look in next 12, 14 months or so. Um, so there's going to be a, quite a, a large demand on those uh, installers that are going to be able to um, provide this kit. So my, my advice is really just like, start looking at what you need to do, how many vehicles you've got to do, and get them booked in. You could, you know, pre-book them and spread them over the next 10, 12 months, Um, but make sure that that plan is in place. Because I think if you leave it till, I don't know, Easter or something next year, I I don't think you're going to get an installer to be able to fit till Christmas and you're outside the the deadline.
0: Yeah, that's... uh really really sage advice Ed. Ed whilst I've got you then are you able to tell me a bit more about obviously SMUK are able to help operators with the DVS equipment tell tell us a bit more about about the things that SMUK do um, as well as fitting uh, fitting these cameras for DVS.
1: So I mean I mean we're at the forefront really of of all the um, auto electrical installation if you think so anything you can put on the, the truck post-factory with regards and safe systems we do so for the tippers and aggregates we put high voltage detection, inclinometers, uh, coffee machine if you want it, TVs, (laughs) Um, additional lights uh, with obviously kelso bars and things like that so we're not really a we're not going to be a bodybuilder but we want to be sort of a one-stop shop what happens is you get a truck comes from factory and it's got to go here for that it's got to go there for paint it's got to go so if we can help the dealership sort of reduce the number of vehicle movements they've got by doing more things in one place it's it's beneficial for them the other side of that is that smuk have sort of gone that bit further we're whole vehicle type approved so we can fit all of this pre-registration so we can add our own stage two or stage three COC, um, which makes things um, much easier and a much smoother, ride. So basically when the truck goes to the operator, it's work ready. They're not gonna take it off the road, and then get all the safe systems fitted. Um, so it makes it a much smoother process for the dealership and the operator.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I've got a bit of experience of that when when i worked for, when i worked for Volvo before spec'ing vehicles and we used to use SMUK and and that was one of the reasons is that we could fit everything pre-registration and everything was type approved which made it made it very really straightforward and simple on new vehicles to be able to get equipment fitted so um yeah really really useful um i'd really appreciate it so um in uh, not long after people listening to this they're going to be uh, there's the um the Chartered Institute's uh, Transport and Safety Forum uh, event at the Arboretum, uh, which, uh, which we're both involved in organising. Are you looking forward to
1: it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it um, should be a very good day.
0: It should be fantastic, shouldn't it? Are you, are you exhibiting as well, Ed?
1: Yes, we'll be there. So um, okay. I'm, I'm really just focusing on the DVS, the new system, so people can sort of understand what it is that's needed.
0: Brilliant. So that, that's a great opportunity for listeners. If you want to do do want to have a chat with Ed, then obviously you can come along to come along to the event. If you're a SILT member, um, I think we are accepting non silt members as well. I think there's a slight slight addition there. But if you're not a SILT member, why not why not become a member? It's uh, it, it's, it's a really good uh, thing to be a part of. Um, it's certainly something that I get a lot of value from the membership and um, i get to get involved in the in the transport safety forum which i find absolutely absolutely fascinating and we're, we're going to be exhibiting there as well uh so the date on that i think it's the 14th of november isn't it yeah. and it's something like an 8 39 o'clock start at the british arboretum which is in burton upon trent i think off the top of my head
1: you know, I you know, um, don't know <laughs> hold on
0: yeah I was going to say hold on I, bet, I better just check this Actually, <laughs> I, thought
1: it was, I thought it was more Stokeway
0: British Arboretum <laughs> oh no British Arboretum oh man people are going to be listening going what are these guys uh, yeah Staffordshire Coxall Road, Burton on Trent yeah there we go but yeah google it and find the silt event online um certainly ed and i have shared it on our social media so if you connect with us and check it out uh, the silt events there we are really looking forward to it aren't we and um yeah it should be should be really good um ed just for the benefit of the listeners if they want to get in touch and have a chat about uh the dvs system or any other safe systems or kelsa bars wanting fitting anything that smuk to do smuk do sorry um What's the best way to
1: get in touch with you, Ed? Um, I, through the website, really, um, or, or LinkedIn. Uh, you find me on LinkedIn. Um, but the website www.smuk.co.uk. That's got everything on there, plus our contact form um, or any queries. But um, if the if operators have got any. Uh, any questions or they need advice and guidance on what they need for direct vision and, and going forward, give us a call, get in contact, make sure that you're getting it right, whether you use us or not. Just make sure that you're getting this right because it's it's an expensive, it'll be an expensive do if you don't.
0: Yeah. No, that's uh, sounds like sage advice, Ed. So uh, thank you very much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. And uh, if you're listening, why not get in touch with Ed now? Uh, cheers and um, take care, Ed, and I'll catch you catch you soon. Take care, right, everyone. Cheers. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please share with your friends and colleagues too. Join us for free on Facebook with the Fleet Geeks community for transport and fleet managers. Fleet Geeks offers ongoing professional development, networking, and mentoring too. So get in touch with me, Pete Rushmer on any social media platform to find out more.